a playlist original. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Cheat and Explain, the show where I get to talk about my favorite nerdy series of movies. I'm your host, Keaton Chetty, and today we're going into the last Jurassic World movie. So let me be your guide, and hopefully we can both survive this new Jurassic World. We start with the last Universal logo we'll ever see on a Jurassic World movie, and slowly fade to a giant fishing boat on a stormy sea. The storm causing rough waters. The boat is pulling out a full net of fish. When the Mosasaurus comes out of the water, clamping down on the fishnet and pulling the boat underwater with it. Just remember the Mosasaurus is that giant demonic underwater dinosaur. We get a new segment about the current world order and most recent incidents involving dinosaurs interacting with humans around the world. Dinosaurs are in our world and every confrontation we learn more about the frightening new reality. How did we get here? It's been three decades since the deadly events at Jurassic Park and we've yet to find a way for these animals to live safely among us. After the devastating eruption of Isla Nublar's long dormant volcano, those who survived were transported to the mainland. Many of the larger predators were captured but the remaining creatures scattered here in Big Rock National Park. While most remained in the wild, those that made it to civilization struggled to adapt to unfamiliar conditions. Local authorities have warned the animals are unpredictable and when hungry, extremely dangerous. As the dinosaurs spread across borders, a global black market has risen. To combat the growing threat of illegal poachers, the US Congress awarded sole collection rights to global giant Biosyn Genetics. CEO Lewis Dodson has created a sanctuary in Italy's Dolomite Mountains, where he hopes to study the dinosaurs' ancient immune systems for unique pharmaceutical properties. While Biosyn believe we can handle genetic power responsibly, the public remains skeptical. These government contracts have led to massive spikes in Biosyn's profits, and rumors persist of a human clone who mysteriously disappeared, leading to a worldwide search. Some believe she's genetically identical to Charlotte Lockwood, deceased daughter of Jurassic Park co-founder Benjamin Lockwood. Now that we've brought these animals back from extinction, can we face the consequences? Are we responsible for them or should they be left to fend for themselves? As we adapt to an ever-changing world, we must find answers to these questions for their safety as well as for our own. Dun, 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 dun. And the last Jurassic World logo comes onto the screen. Oh yeah, it's going to be a good movie. We cut to what looks like a farm and two hooded figures are running through the field to get to one of the buildings. They are moving under the cover of darkness. When they get to take off their hoodies, it's Claire and Zia from the last movie. They're here because they got a tip that this was an illegal breeding site and they were right. Whoever is here is breeding dinosaurs and the babies are kept in cages to keep costs down. They see a baby triceratops, they see a lot of them and they are so cute. But they're recording everything so they can have evidence. But they see one of the little guys who's separated from the rest. Claire thinks he might not make it if he stays in this condition. So Claire unlocks his cage and we cut back to the field where we see Claire and Zia pushing a small cage back the way they came. When they eventually reach the end, who is waiting for them? Franklin! The tech guy from the last movie, or the last episode, depending whether you watched or listened, but I cover everything for your convenience. But as soon as he sees the baby, he's like, no, 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 we're, we're not doing this. But they get the baby into the van, but the alarms go off. They need to go now. Franklin goes to the back and Claire starts driving. She's a little unhinged because she drives straight through a gate where there are clearly animals. Now, remember, it's dark. They can't really see, we can't really see. And when you're on a farm, you'd expect to see cows or horses. But no, not on this farm. There are fully grown triceratops everywhere. The shielded face one with horns. 
they're pretty big. Claire has to swerve to avoid, you know, death. But the people chasing them, they're not so lucky. As Claire goes around the dinosaurs, one of the Triceratops rams the trucks that were chasing them and flips the whole thing into a new universe. Very, very cool. They eventually get away and are waiting somewhere till sunrise. Claire says if they go back, they can get all of them out. But Z and Franklin say they're done. They can't keep doing this job. They both got, you know, actual jobs that don't involve eco-terrorism. And Franklin got a job at the government where he can actually make effective changes with the dinosaurs. He says he can help and that her and Owen should go back to the weird thing that they have. Now that we know, Claire and Owen stayed together and they have a weird thing. We cut to a shot of a snowy area and everything is peaceful and lovely and beautiful. And then all of a sudden, dinosaurs just start running. Those herbivores with the long-ish face with curled horn on their head. They stand on two legs. Those ones. There are people on horses herding the dinosaurs like giant cows. It's so cool. Owen is there on a horse as well. He can just do everything, this man. Bikes, horses, guns, chucks. But one of the dinosaurs breaks away from the herd, but Owen is able to get it and bring it back to the big herd. He had to do that hand-to-nose thing he does with the dinosaurs. The same how to train your dragon bobs. He had to do that. But while he's bringing the big baby back to the herd, we see a couple of guys watching Owen from a distance. We cut to Maisie, the same girl from the last movie, the clone. Well, she's chopping some wood somewhere in the snowy forest, but she and we hear a raptor somewhere in the distance. Cut to her riding a bike through town and over a bridge. Very important place, the bridge. So please just remember that for me. Maisie gets to a logging yard, that place where you cut wood, but you know, big wood. And the people that were working there had to stop because there is a big Brachiosaurus in the middle of the logging yard, the long neck dinosaurs. Maisie gives one of the guys working there an idea to light a flare and lead the big boy away, which works. The guy gets up on a truck, lights the flare and starts to slowly lead the Brachiosaurus away. But while this happened, he roars and another one covered in snow that looks like a mountain a second ago just shakes off the snow, wakes up and follows them. They're like giant puppies. It's honestly probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. When Maisie gets back, Claire is in the kitchen of her new house. And I'm pretty sure it was the house that Owen was building in the last movie. I really hope so because that would be a really nice connection between the two movies. But Claire sees Maisie come back. She asks Maisie if she went into town and went past the bridge. Maisie is annoyed because she's just trapped here in this house. She can't leave. And Claire is saying that it's dangerous. There are people out there that want to take her away. She's a clone. She fought in the Star Wars. If you get that reference, then, you know, you and I, same, same. She also says the only people she's seen over the last four years is Claire and Owen. How would she know what other people do? So, we know it's been four years since the last movie. Goddamn. We cut to blue. The raptor from the last two movies, and probably our favorite dinosaur ever. She's somewhere in the snow and watching Maisie and Claire from a distance, but then she runs off. She gets to a run-down yellow school bus in the snow and walks slowly into the bus. But a smaller blue jumps out at her. It's a baby blue! <laughs> I'm funny. But how? Well, we'll answer that later. I promise. Blue is teaching Baby Blue how to hunt. They run in the snow and they play, and then eventually they find a rabbit. A snow rabbit. They start stalking the rabbit, but a wolf catches the rabbit and claims it for himself. So Baby Blue is like, nah, 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 that one was ours, and goes for the wolf instead. Back to Owen, and he arrives at the house, and he can hear the raptors hunting in the distance. That night, him and Maisie are by the fire, 
and Claire comes because she wants Owen to talk to Maisie about today. Maybe she won't get so mad if Owen does it. <laughs> Never mind, she got really angry and storms off into the house. And Maisie starts looking at old pictures of Charlotte Lockwood. Her clone. Her mother? Her clone. The original version of Maisie, if you will. Those same guys from earlier that were watching Owen, well, they're watching the whole family now. And they call someone and he says he found the raptor and that girl y'all were talking about. We cut to a field somewhere. Honestly, I have no idea. They don't even say it in the movie. And there are two kids working on the field and they see a giant locust fly up, which on its own is pretty scary. But when it does fly up, the entire swarm flies into the sky, blocking out the sun for the farm, not the world. They're big, they're not that big. I mean, they're pretty big. They're like the size of my forearm big. Thousands of locusts swarm towards these kids and they obviously run because they're smart. They get into a shed that's close by and one of the locusts bursts through the wood. And these kids are actual heroes. One of them takes a bucket and covers the locust so it can't go anywhere and the sister takes a spade to defend her little brother. It is crazy. The next day, a car drives into the farm and Ellie Sattler from the first Jurassic Park movie comes out of the driver's seat. She's studying the locusts because they've been wiping out crops all over the Midwest. Again, don't say where in the Midwest. It's America, obviously, but yeah. And then she notices that the locust did not touch the neighbor's farm at all. It's completely green, nothing is dead. And the neighbor's farm only plant biosyn seed. Hmm, that's interesting. We cut to Ellie driving somewhere in the mountains. And we get to see the legend himself, Dr. Alan Grant, looking like Indiana Jones if he was in the second movie. <sighs> Lovely. But Dr. Grant is giving a tour of one of his dig sites. Eventually, after his whole tour, Ellie and Grant go to his tent of operations. I guess it's a tent? I'm not really sure. And he has a picture of the two of them, Ellie and Alan, on his cabinet. Such a cute uncle he is, man. And on top of that, Ellie isn't married anymore. The stars are aligning, Alan. But she didn't just come to visit. Ellie shows him the locust that has been extinct since the late Cretaceous period. She says if they keep going at the rate that they are going, that there will be a global food shortage in a matter of months. They need to do something. They need to get to Biosyn so Ellie can have proof that Biosyn is behind the locust outbreak. But you can't just go marching into a heavily guarded facility. But lucky for them, they have someone on the inside. They show it in the movie, but I want to keep you in suspense, you know, thicken the plot just for you. Keep you on the hedge of your seats. We cut to Alan and Ellie at a landing site. It's Biosyn's shipping area. They make sure all the animals get medical attention and are completely healthy before transporting them because their aim is to make sure the animals are all safe and thriving. Even one of the people that work there say that Biosyn is pretty hard to get into. Y'all must have an inside person. We're back in the snow and Maisie is by the fireplace that morning. But Baby Blue comes up to her and Maisie feeds Baby a sandwich. Uh, probably a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Peanut butter and jam for the rest of the world that don't have jelly, you know? Probably. Baby Blue eats the sandwich, she noms this thing, but Big Blue rushes in and is very aggressive. So Owen comes and stands between Maisie and Blue. She won't hurt us, will she? You're damn right she will. Just breathe. Owen still commands respect, but Blue will kill anyone if it means defending her baby. 
They run off and Owen says the nest must be close by. He tells Maisie to go back inside. Obviously, she's upset and storms off. Ah, teenagers, what are you going to do? She goes in and walks out the back and tells Claire, you can't keep me here. You're not my mother. When he sees this, the guy that was watching them says they have to move now. Now is the perfect opportunity. Back to Baby Blue and she's slowly walking around a tree, getting closer to a pine cone. But eventually, as she gets too close, a net traps her. Blue tries to get the baby down, but a car comes out of nowhere and knocks Blue down a hill. The guys that were watching everyone are here. They take Baby Blue and drive off. They see Owen coming and shoot at him, so he has to run in the opposite direction and duck for cover. Back to Maisie, and she's riding across the bridge. Remember, the bridge I told you that was important? Same bridge. Because she's angry and she's storming off. But when she gets to the centre of the bridge, she finds that she's trapped. A woman in a car in the front and the same guys that took Baby Blue are behind her. They take her and Owen sees the bridge from the distance and those guys throw Maisie's bike off the bridge. I told you it was an important place. Owen gets back to the house and Claire, they took her. Who? Poachers, they've been watching us. Get the truck. So Claire gets supplies and the keys and goes to start the car. When all of a sudden, Blue jumps out of nowhere and she is very aggressive. Owen has to come outside and get between them. And Blue even cuts Owen's hands with her claws. They took our girl too, says Owen. I promise to bring them both back. And Blue roars and runs off into the distance. We cut to Franklin unjamming a printer, I think. I'm not really sure what he was doing, but it looked like he was unjamming a printer. And he's working for the dinosaur division in the government. He gets a call from Claire and she's not supposed to be calling him because technically she did kidnap a human being when they took Maisie. So she's technically on the most wanted list. She's also kind of an eco-terrorist. I don't know. But she's not supposed to be calling him. And even better, she's waiting for him outside. He can see her through the window from his office. Lovely. Franklin goes to see them and tells them that Barry, the same guy that worked with Owen in the first Jurassic World movie with the raptors, same, same guy, he didn't have a name in, the first, in that first movie, I'd just like to point that out. But he works for French intelligence now, and they've infiltrated a dinosaur smuggling ring. There's a drop in Malta, cargo for mining, and the guy that took Maisie, his name is Delacour, the guy that took Maisie and Baby Blue will be there in charge of the drop. They've infiltrated his smuggling and poaching ring. We cut to Ellie and Alan on a plane to Biosyn, and Ellie is asleep on Alan's chest. Such a cutie couple, man. Even the original Jurassic Park music plays, but the piano version. Oh, so sweet. But eventually they land, and they're greeted by Ramsey Cole. He works for Biosyn. They have to fly a second chopper to actually get to the sanctuary. And Ramsey tells them that Biosyn has successfully relocated 20 different species to the sanctuary, including the T-Rex, which isn't even their biggest apex predator. They have a Giganotosaurus, the largest land predator to ever live. Ramsey also tells them about the aerial deterrent system. It stops the airborne birdies from fly too high so the choppers can fly and land safely in the sanctuary. They also have neural implants in all the animals so if that there's ever an emergency, they can use the implants to herd the animals away from danger or away from people. They all land at the sanctuary and honestly, this place is like my dream university. Ah, oh, I would give anything to go to this place. Obviously, because of the dinosaurs, but also just because the place looks really cool. But Ellie and Alan meet Lewis Dotson, founder and CEO of Biosyn. We've met him before. Not met him, but the news story in the beginning. The big man in charge of everything. He's a bit busy, so he tells Ramsey to continue giving the tour without him. 
And then we get to meet our inside man. We cut to the man, the myth, the legendary silver fox himself, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Oh, I love this man. And in this movie, oh. But he's busy teaching a class to some students at Biosyn and they treat him like a celebrity. They want him to sign the books and they crowd him as he leaves. But when he sees Alan and Ellie, he's like, okay, go, 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 go. He sees them, he meets them and he's like, wow, this is so trippy. Me too, Ian. Me too. Even me. I love this reunion. Ellie and Alan start telling him about Biosyn and the locusts and he doesn't really care if I'm being honest. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Let's go get some coffee instead. So he tells one of the baristas, please make some what, 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 whatever they want cappuccino. And as soon as the coffee machine starts making noise, Malcolm starts talking to Ellie properly. He knows everything they've been doing here at Biosyn, but there are eyes and ears everywhere. He gives Ellie a key card and tells her where to go in the sub-levels. He knows Biosyn is the problem and they're on the verge of a global ecological meltdown. As soon as the coffee machine stops making noise though, he goes back to not caring. We cut to Dodson, Lewis, going down to sub-level 6, restricted area, and he talks to his head geneticist, Dr. Henry Wu, the same guy who is responsible for everything over the past 30 years, and now he works for the devil, which, to be honest, is nothing new with Dr. Wu. But Dotson is saying he doesn't want to cause a panic with the locust situation. If they trace the locusts back to Biosyn, all of Wu's hard work will be gone. They'll come from the dinosaurs too, Dotson says. We cut to Malta, I assume it's Malta, but I'm pretty sure. We cut to Malta and a woman in white on the phone, saying that the girl and the raptor are about to land. Aha, it is Malta. And Dotson says, call me when it's done. You see, the devil. Maisie lands and she sees baby Blue being transported as well to another car. <clears throat> Maisie walks to the car towards the same auntie in white that just called Dotson. And the poacher is paying the pilot who flew baby Blue and she sees Maisie walking across the landing platform. I need you to remember this pilot for me. We know her name later, but I just need you to remember her for me. Pilot transported Baby Blue, not Maisie. Pilot. Owen and Claire are in Malta and they meet up with Barry. Barry, same guy who worked in French intelligence, is saying that they don't know much about the cargo. But as soon as they make the drop, they'll know more and they can find Maisie. Barry takes them to the center of the underground black market for dinosaurs. Anything that goes around the world comes through this specific spot in Malta. Now, obviously, Claire looks like she doesn't belong there. Obviously. But this place is actually really cool. The way they made it, not the black market organ spot. There are people who have dinosaurs as pets. There is a fighting ring. There's food that looks like a real marketplace. I like it. The way they did it. The world building aspect. Not the black market part. But back to the movie. While the three of them are walking around a literal black market, we see the pilot there as well. The same pilot that was there that just saw Maisie walk past. She's a pilot for hire in the underground trade market. She goes to the bathroom and Claire is there. They talk a little bit and the pilot is like, listen here, babes, go home. You clearly do not belong in a place like this. You might die. But uh, Claire is tough. She fought dinosaurs. And she tells the pilot that they took her and shows her a picture of Maisie. And the pilot says, I can't get involved. Not, sorry, I don't know her, sorry, I haven't seen her. I can't get involved. Owen and Barry are on the roof watching the targets. Delacour, the poachers, the woman in white. They have an inside man as part of the poachers. So they're watching them and they can see, again, the woman in white. Her name is Santos. But the woman in white sounds better. It sounds like a mythical being that does trade routes underground, you know? For the plot of my own 
podcast but it's my podcast so the woman in white but they're watching from the roof and claire is waiting for them in the market area they get to an alleyway and the woman in white is waiting for the poachers and delacour there she's clearly in charge of deliveries she says she has one more job for them to deliver atrociraptors thoroughbreds those fools at jurassic world had it wrong you can't breed loyalty it has to be nurtured Santos has a laser pointer and a signal. Now this laser pointer is a bracelet so she can take it on and off when she feels like it. The raptors lock onto the center of the target after you shine the laser and then there's the trigger. The raptors lock on and don't stop till the target is dead. The coolest thing ever. You can clearly see how technology has advanced over the last 4 years in the world of the movie. Maisie isn't there with any of them, but the money was exchanged so that means they can go for the arrest. French intelligence guys start shooting. So naturally, everyone gets away. Santos walks away. The truck with the raptors drives off, and Delacour runs off. Now Owen chases Delacour into the market area. We then cut to the truck driving away with the atrociraptors in the back, and French intelligence guys use a spike trail to puncture the tires, and the truck crashes into another area that's part of the market, and the cargo, being the raptors in their metal cages, spill everywhere. They're not dead. They're just, you know, scattered back to the poacher delacour and he shoots the chains of some cargo crates and two big dinosaurs break free now the whole market area is pretty much in chaos i would make a joke that it's on fire but part of it really is on fire right now the big dinosaurs eat some of the people and the poacher and owen fall into the small dinosaur arenas the fighting ones and they fight a bit they scruffle but the poacher gets trapped one dinosaur on his arm another one biting his wrist He's been eaten alive. So Owen decides now is the time to ask about Maisie. It's not like he can go anywhere, to be honest. Where's the girl? I don't know. Ah, where is she? You have to release your inner Batman, otherwise they'll never tell you anything. They're taking her to Biosyn. It was Santos. You're too late. Not really a good idea to mess with Owen because you know he has no problem shooting people. So I'm pretty sure he has no problem letting the poacher's face get eaten. Owen calls Claire and tells her that the woman in white, she took Macy. Back to the truck and French intelligence surround the truck and the driver. Now remember what was in the truck? That's right, atrociraptors. So Santos calls the driver and tells them to let them out. You heard me, let them out. So the driver releases the locks on the raptor cages and they slowly come out and start to surround French intelligence team. Oh, how the turntable. Santos uses her laser point on each of the French intelligence members and triggers the signal for the raptors to start hunting while she just walks away. Love her, but Barry and his team, um, not so much. They're going to die. Each of them scatter and Barry runs into a truck and blocks off the way to the driver's seat. Claire sees Santos walking and she gets a taser and the chase is on. When Claire finally catches up to her, Claire asks about Maisie and because Santos doesn't want to say anything, Claire tases her. And Santos says, "You're not supposed to use that on people." And Santos tells her that they took Maisie to Bison, but it's too late. You won't catch her. And when saying that, Santos points a laser at Claire and triggers the closest raptor that was chasing her to focus and lock onto Claire. Claire tases the raptor and jumps out the window so she can run away on the roof. The raptor is still chasing, but Claire slides and holds onto the edge of the roof, and the raptor jumps and flies to the other side. Claire drops down to the back of a truck, and the pilot comes to her rescue. She tells Claire to hold on and they start driving away. Oh, they're not safe. The raptor's still chasing them, but at least they're in a truck. Back to Owen and Barry and Owen helps Barry out of the truck through the sunroof because the raptor was 100% going to break through the front of the truck. And also, remember, the raptor's unlocked onto Owen because Santos didn't 
laser point thingy him. Owen reminds Barry about the times they used to get the raptors back in the cages at Jurassic World and Barry is like, please no. I never got the timing right for that. So Barry stands in front of one of the cages and Owen is on top of the cage to lock the gate. The raptor lunges towards Barry but luckily Owen tells him when to roll and they end up getting the raptor back into its cage. Whew, that was a little bit intense. But the lady in white comes back to see her babies. But Barry pulls out a gun, which would have been very useful like five seconds ago. Owen gets word from Claire saying they're going to an airfield north of the island. He needs to get there. So he gets on a bike, but while he's driving away, Santos holds her laser pointer behind her head and locks onto Owen. Activate epic chase scene. Owen is on a bike as he zips through the city, which would be really cool, but there are four Atrociraptors behind him. God damn, they are fast. Owen is barely in front of them. The only reason he's still alive is because the raptors are so locked on that they can't make sharp turns. Back to Claire and the pilot and they're also being chased by one. They're driving through the streets and they're not going to make it. But Claire takes a pole that was in the back of the truck and whacks the raptor when it gets too close, just giving them some time, some breathing room. They get to the plane and Claire and the pilot need to go now. Owen is on his way though. While the pilot and Claire start taking off, Owen gets on the runway. The plane is starting to take off and it gets off the ground, but so does Owen. He makes it into the plane with his bike as well. And well, the raptor kind of jumped in with him. The only reason the raptor didn't munch anyone is because when the pilot kept going up, the bike tipped back and knocked the raptor off into the water. Everyone is okay. And finally, Kayla Watts, at your service. We get the pilot's name. It was getting difficult for me to keep saying the pilot. We're back at Biosyn Sanctuary and Ramsey is continuing the tour. He also says that they were able to bring back dinosaurs in their purest form and that they don't do the genetic hybrid thingies anymore. He says they can tour the place for themselves. He'll meet them back in about 30 minutes and do not go that way. That's the sub levels. Those are restricted. Interesting. We cut to Maisie who's now in Biosyn and she's playing with and making sure Baby Blue is okay in her cage. She also names her Beta. Come, come, Beta. Dr. Wu comes in and he starts explaining why they took her and Beta. He says that monitor lizards can reproduce without a mate, and they used that same lizard DNA when they made Blue. So Beta is a genetic copy of Blue. Wu also shows her more about Charlotte Lockwood and how she was the one who made Maisie. She lived on Site B with all of us, and she loved it so much, she eventually became a scientist. We see a video of Charlotte Lockwood when she was working on the project and she says, can a replica truly be the original? And while she's in the train of thought, she stands up and we see that Charlotte was pregnant. What? So now we know that Maisie wasn't just made in a lab. She was born. She had a mother. Charlotte used her own DNA to make Maisie and give birth all on her own. Benjamin Lockwood wanted to protect his daughter and his granddaughter. So he didn't want people to know the truth about what Charlotte did. After Maisie was born, Charlotte found out that she had a genetic disease that would slowly kill her. So she actually changed every cell in Maisie's body. She changed her DNA so that she could have what Charlotte couldn't, a full life. She saved you, Maisie, says Wu. Your DNA can change the world. It can help me correct a terrible wrong, as Wu looks towards one of the locusts in the lab. Cut to Ellie and Alan. Now they got into the restricted sub-level that Ramsey said they should not go. So he practically gave it to them. They also get into hazmat suits so no one can see who they are. 
and they're using the keycard that Ian gave them so they can get where they need to get. They get to where the locusts are and they get a blood sample to make sure it's the same ones terrorizing the village. Back to Dr. Wu and Dotson is saying that Wu is incriminating everyone by showing Maisie these things about Charlotte and what they've been doing. But while they're distracted, Maisie breaks out of the lab. She breaks Beta out as well and now they're all loose in the lab. It's their turn to terrorize the village. Back to Ellie and Alan and an alarm goes off and it causes the swarm to, well, swarm around them. Ellie and Alan need to get out of there because, well, death, but they get stuck in the doorway. While they're being decontaminated, they drop the keycard and get stuck there banging on the glass door. Maisie is busy exploring the lab and she hears noises coming from somewhere. And when she walks around the corner, Alan and Ellie eventually find the keycard and get themselves out of the locust room. But Maisie is just like, um, hello. She knows who they are and she tells them, I'm Maisie Lockwood, Charlotte Lockwood's daughter. And they decide to escape together because now, well, alarms, death. We cut to Kayla flying into the sanctuary airspace and she's asking for clearance to land. They say no, well, because they know that she's carrying possible fugitives on the plane. And Dutton tells his people to turn off the ADS, the aerial deterrent system, that same system that keeps the flying dinosaurs away from incoming helicopters. <laughs> Danger! So, a giant pterodactyl flies above them. And when I say giant, I mean bigger than the actual plane that Kayla is flying. But it goes away. Whew. But it comes back and it just breaks the entire plane. Now, just for context, all the winged creatures of the night are not pterodactyls. But it's much easier to say that because it gives you a mental image of what's happening. I know I'm such a good host just for you. But if I went into the 20 different types of bird species, dinosaurs that there are, we'd sit here for two hours. The plane is pretty much going down at this point. The engines are on fire. Kayla has one ejector seat and Claire is sitting in it. Owen says, you don't have parachutes? I wasn't expecting company. So Claire is about to eject and Owen says, you have to find her. You're her mom. You gotta find her. I love you, okay? and Claire ejects and lands somewhere in the forest and she blacks out. Kayla and Owen crash land somewhere on a frozen lake. Back inside Biosyn and Alan and Ellie and Maisie get to the Hyperloop, which is an underground transit pod in the facility. And Ramsey comes to them and they pretend they were lost and they didn't know where they were going. Ah, oh, thank God you came, Ramsey. And Ramsey is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, did y'all get the sample? Huh? The locust sample. Did you get it? Good. This should take you straight out of the facility. Also, Maisie was hiding because, you know, they weren't sure who would come. So she comes out of hiding and Ramsey tells them where they can go to get out. Claire wakes up and she's stuck in a tree. She's pretty high up. But before Claire can disengage, a huge dinosaur walks past her, about the size of a T-Rex with long claws and grey eyes and a beak instead of teeth. It's probably one of the coolest dinosaurs from the series so far, other than Blue. So good. But this thing is kind of blind. Because it walks straight past Claire, but I can guarantee this thing uses hearing and smell. Because just before Claire falls down, this thing just whacks a deer out the way for no reason. And I say no reason because it's a herbivore. But when Claire hits the ground, it follows her slowly. And Claire slowly crawls to a pond nearby, and she slowly submerges herself under the water. The beaked dinosaur is right above her, over the water while Claire is under the water and it lets out a huge roar while Claire is right underneath it. And yes, I held my breath watching the scene to make sure I would be able to survive this. And good news, 
I would. But when the dino leaves, Claire slowly comes out for air and goes the other way. Claire looks across the clearing and she can see black smoke rising from the distance. We cut to the plane and it's slowly sinking into the frozen lake. But the emergency hatch at the top pops open and Owen gets out and helps Kayla. They're okay, but now they just have to cross a frozen lake without the ice breaking all around them. Hmm. While they're walking to the other side, Kayla tells Owen about when they landed and when they handed Macy over. She didn't know, but it isn't enough to do nothing. But while they're walking, they hear a small growl and out comes what I can only assume is what a velociraptor would have originally looked like with feathers, according to more recent evidence that we've discovered since the last movies were made. However, when it comes out from the rock, Kayla takes out her taser and Owen takes out his knife. But the ice breaks, giving them some space. But this feathered demon jumps into the water and starts swimming. And Kayla and I have the same reaction. Nope, we're not doing that. And her and Owen start running. They make it to the end and inside a service lift, and Kayla shocks the raptor while they're going down. Kayla also shows Owen that she has a tracker on the ejection seat. They'll find her. Back to the main area, and one of the security team members is showing Dotson the footage from about 12 minutes ago, where Alan and Ellie were trapped in the locust area. They also know they took a blood sample from one of the locusts. And one of the security cameras saw Dr. Malcolm put something in Ellie's pocket. They're on the Hyperloop. Back to Ellie and Alan on the Hyperloop, and they're talking to Maisie. Ellie actually met Charlotte. She was brilliant, and she wanted the child more than anything else. Back to Dodson, and he stops the Hyperloop, stranding Alan and Ellie and Maisie. When the Hyperloop doors open, they're stuck in a tunnel cave system that goes on throughout the sanctuary. Everything is connected underground, but as they're going, there is dark water everywhere, and something moves in the darkness. In that same main area, Dodson calls in Ramsey and Dr. Malcolm, and fires Malcolm in front of everyone, so that they know he's the enemy. But also, Ian tells the people working there how corrupt Dotson is. And in the confusion, one of the students working there says that the Hyperloop is stuck. Because remember, not everyone there is evil. It's just Dotson who's the devil because he lied to them. We're back to Kayla and her and Owen are in the forest following the tracking beacon. And they find the ejector seat. But obviously Claire isn't there anymore. But Owen sees her footprints. She made it. But something big comes their way. A T-Rex. And it's hungry. It finds that deer that got whacked and goes to eat it. But something else is here. Something bigger. Grrr. Giganotosaurus. They put two apex predators in the same area. Soon. There'll only be one. Back to Ramsey, who is escorting Ian out. He gives him a map and gets him to the jeep so he can get to Alan and Ellie. He tells Ian where he should go and where they should come out of the cave. Speaking of Alan and Ellie, they're walking through the cave and Alan goes up a ladder to see if they can get out. But when he gets to the top, a giant lizard thing comes out of the dark. Now I know technically all of the dinosaurs are big lizards, but this one walks on four legs, like a big Komodo dragon with a very big sail on its back. The three of them have to run because there is a whole pack of these lizards in the cave. So the three of them run and get to a locked gate that needs a passcode on the outside. But luckily, headlights come and outstep the legendary Ian Malcolm. But there's a code, and even he's like, I didn't know there was going to be a code. And understandably, everyone on the inside is freaking out. And Ian's response is, okay, let's just try and stay positive. Back on the inside, and Ramsey is watching from a control console, and he feeds the code to the gate, unlocking it, and everyone can get out. Another near-death experience. Maisie is just going through the most for a 14-year-old. Now we cut to Claire, and wow, we have not seen her in a while. But that night, she gets to a treehouse, outpost station in the sanctuary. She flips a switch for the ladder to come down, but she hears noises in the tree line around her. 
She realizes she's been hunted and the ladder is coming way too slowly. She crouches down behind the tree and she can see one in the shadows, a Dilophosaurus. Those ones that get puffy necks and spit that black goo. That one. The ladder is down and she slowly gets to the ladder, but she backs away and crouches down because there is one right in front of her. As she gets down, this thing puffs out her neck, about to spit and kill Claire. But Owen pops out and grabs it by the neck so it can't spit. Kayla tases it so it can go be one with the wild things and they let it go. Everyone is safe, but they hear a roar in the distance and they need to get up that treehouse now. Now at this point, Dodson is panicking. Everything is crumbling around him. So he goes to his own computer and deletes all the evidence he has. Then he goes to the containment area for the locusts and executes Project Scorched Earth. It's not called that, it just would have been cooler if it was. He starts to burn all the locusts. But as they're being burned, they freak out, obviously, because they're on fire. And they end up breaking out of the containment area and they burst into the night sky like actual fireflies. Now, I won't lie, it looks really pretty. It looks really, really pretty. Just problem is that it's going to set everything else on fire. They are burning, after all. They're dying. They're just, you know, raining down on the valley including Ian, Ellie, Alan and Maisie. Try saying that five times fast. To avoid death, Ian swerves, but he goes off the road and they get stuck. But the jeep starts tilting and they end up falling and rolling down the hill. When they start waking up and their vision comes back, they see people coming towards the jeep slowly. Maisie gets super excited because it's her parents and they have a very cute hugging moment. They needed it, you know, they, they've been through a lot. It's been a long day. I'm sure you need a hug after this because I really do. Goddamn, it's so cute. The OG trio of Jurassic Park meet the new age of Jurassic World. But Kayla says, we have to get into the treehouse, but the door is jammed. They need something to pry the door open. But little bit of a problem. Remember that roar they heard in the distance? <laughs> yeah, Giga Chad is here and he approaches the gang. Alan and Owen both say, don't move. I don't think they're used to another person knowing about dinosaurs because they both just look at each other. They slowly back away and hide behind the jeep and go around while the Giganotosaurus circles the jeep as well. On the other side, Kayla gets a crowbar from the jeep and Ian hides inside the jeep. Not exactly his smartest moment, but I'll let it slide. Now that they're closer to the ladder, they all run for the tree line. Kayla is up and they make Maisie go up after her. But while she's on the ladder, the Giganotosaurus charges the ladder and almost nom nom nom. But Maisie is in a caged part of the ladder and the dinosaur can't exactly clamp down. So she goes up and Kayla helps her. But the rest of them won't make it. So Ian gets out from under the car and puts a fire locust on a stick and waves it around to get its attention. It works, but now he has Giga Chad's attention. Everyone gets up the ladder, but Ian is down with just a torch and a giant dinosaur. But when it comes towards him, Ian throws the new fire spear like an Olympic champion and sets this thing's mouth on fire for like five seconds. Because once Ian is up the ladder, this thing is pissed off. But they manage to get inside the treehouse base. But it's not ogre yet. The Giganotosaurus breaks the glass and tilts it so Claire starts sliding towards the dinosaur. But Owen slides down and stops her from being eaten. But he takes out his knife and starts stabbing the bloody thing and cutting and poking. Maisie slides a taser towards Claire and she starts tasing. They are a true power couple. They are cuck scary. They manage to scare off the largest land predator the world has ever seen. 
with a knife and a taser. Back to Dodson, and he's in the control center with everyone else that's working there, and they're just watching the valley burn. They're saying they should be bringing all the dinosaurs in at this point to this part of the sanctuary and fully evacuate everyone. Clearly, Dodson is not happy because everything is just breaking down all around him. He could go to jail. Back to the treehouse and everyone is talking and they all know of each other. They are actually big fans of each other's work, especially Owen and Alan. But they have a plan to get out. There's a chopper in the main complex. If they can get it and turn off the ADS, then Kayla can fly all of them home. And now remember, I said that everything is connected underground, so they can go from the outpost to the main control center where Dotson was. They go underground with Claire leading the pack. And Ian asks Owen, you really control raptors? It was more like a bond of trust between myself and the animals. And Malcolm says, I once had a dog, humped my leg so damn much I got a callus. True story. I was finished. Every time this man spoke, I was dying. They get to the main control room and they also see the whole valley is on fire. But Claire gets to the computer and sees that this is the same system they used at the park, so she knows what she's doing. But there isn't enough power to reboot the ADS. That's a little bit of a problem. They need to divert any extra power that they can to the ADS system. Claire and Ellie decide to take that job. Then Maisie points to the water containment area. That's where Beta escaped. Owen says, you give me eight minutes, I can find her and bring her back. What's a Beta? Blue's baby. A baby raptor. And Ian chips in and says, you gave it a name. How about that? And Owen says, he promised her mother he'd be back with Beta. So him and Alan and Maisie go for Beta. And Ian adds his own two cents and says, you made a promise to a dinosaur. Ah, he's so funny in this movie. Claire tells Owen, come back. I always come back. They all leave on their own missions. Kayla goes to warm up the chopper and Ian and Ramsey stay behind to help everyone from the cameras. Down below, Dotson gets to the Hyperloop so he can just leave this whole mess behind him. Remember where he is for me, he's in the Hyperloop. Claire and Ellie get to the room where they can divert the power. But there are bugs everywhere. Some of the locusts are still alive, some are dead, but they are everywhere. Cut to Owen and Maisie and Alan in the water filtration system and there is steam and mist everywhere so they can't really see what's going on. Back to Ian and Ramsey and they're talking to Claire and Ellie through walkie-talkies to guide them and he can't see the locusts so he says, why are you skulking? It's right there, just sprint to it. He tells them to flip a switch that says E1 and when they do, all the power goes off. This does a lot of things but it also stops the hyperloop. Back to Owen and they find Beta but she's just too fast. Owen needs to dart her on the side of the neck but she comes in front of them and Maisie steps forward and says, hey, eyes on me. The same thing Owen says to Blue whenever he needs to get her attention. So they all put their hands out and spread out into a triangle to surround her. And when they do, Beta charges Alan, but Owen is too quick and darts her. Good. No one had to die in this movie. Yet. Back to Ian and Ramsey and the backup power system kicks in, which is not good. Even Ian is like, so the thing that's trying to save us is going to kill us. The reboot noises causes the alive locusts where Ellie and Claire were to start flying around. So Claire goes to the entrance and gets the breaking case of emergency axe and cuts the primary reboot wires, which sounds really dangerous. And I know I said sounds, but we're going to go with it. It sounds really, really dangerous because, you know, metal on metal on electricity. But apparently she's fine. But with that, the ADS is active, they can leave. Dotson needs to get out of the hyperloop because he's stuck and he's not going anywhere. So it's his time. But when he gets into the tunnel, he sees something move in the tunnel, which freak me out as well. But it, let's be real, we're not Superman. So he goes back into the hyperloop, but 
doesn't lock the door behind him. And on the other side, we see something behind the glass. And a Dilophosaurus jumps straight through the glass. And one came through the same way Dotson came in. They spit on him and munch him. And now, they're just happy dinosaurs. Dotson, not so much. I do apologize for him, but he was the devil. Owen and Alan and Maisie are coming up a lift and Owen has Beta strapped to his back. Ooh, and Kayla found the chopper. Back to the control room and Dr. Wu walks out of the shadows. No one else trusts him, but Maisie does. He says if he can find out how Charlotte cured Maisie, he can stop the locusts from eating everything. He can wipe them out in a single generation. Owen gets there as well and Ian is like, no, 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 why him? It's always him. He is... Is that a dinosaur strapped to your back? <sighs> Every time he opens his mouth, god damn it. Kayla is flying the chopper and is going to land right there in the main complex. And Ramsey is saying, no, don't land here. Dude, I don't really have a choice. The valley isn't safe. No, you don't understand. They're not in the valley anymore. And we see all the dinosaurs. They brought them here so they could be safe from the fire. But now, we're not safe. So Kayla lands at the end of the courtyard and everyone runs out to get there. But when they do get down eventually to the courtyard, we hear the rumble of giant footsteps. In front of them, a T-Rex is walking slowly towards them. It passes a circular fountain and its head is in the middle of the circle fountain. And it looks like the Jurassic Park logo. It's such good product placement. But as it comes towards them, in front of them, the Giganotosaurus comes from behind. And the giant beasts look at each other. And Alan says, this isn't about us. And they scatter while the two giants roar at each other and charge into the battlefield. Trying not to get eaten or stepped on is hard enough when there's just one. But now there are two. One group is getting to the chopper. The other has to go around the T-Rex. And what makes it worse, the T-Rex is losing this fight and gets knocked down. Everyone else has fallen as well. Wu falls and dislocates his shoulder. He might have broken something. I'm not sure. But he makes it to the chopper with Alan, Ellie and Ian. But the T-Rex falls on a place where Owen, Claire, Maisie and Ramsey are stuck. They couldn't move because they were fighting, but now they're stuck stuck because the T-Rex is on top of them. The T-Rex is knocked out and the Giga Boy will eat them if he sees them. So Kayla uses her gigantic brain and shoots a flare to distract Giga Chad. But as the flare goes over the Giganotosaurus, we see it add some light to the courtyard. And we see that giant beaked long clawed dinosaur and now it roars at the Giga Chad. It starts scratching the Giga Dino boy and everyone is able to get out and onto the chopper and Kayla takes off. When the Giga Chad turns around though, to face its new nemesis, we zoom in on an unconscious T-Rex, slowly going onto its eyes and then its eyes open. It's ready for round two. Now it's the three of them and the ground is shaking from these colossal giants, but it doesn't last very long. The T-Rex pushes the Giganotosaurus backwards and into the claws of the beaked dinosaur. So when I said these claws were long, they went straight through this thing's body and came out the other side. So they were really long. The T-Rex roars into the night sky and everyone watches as they are finally able to get away. And while everyone flies off, we get the famous music from the movies that we know and love. The next day, everyone is at the Biosyn airfield, the transportation one, the one where Alan and Ellie were where they transport all the animals to the sanctuary. Everyone is getting medical attention and Claire and Owen and Maisie have that look at each other family moment. You know the one I'm talking about? The one that most movies have, where they zoom in and the music sort of fades. And after nearly 30 years, Ellie and Alan finally have a moment and they finally 
Yes. My God, I have been waiting since Jurassic Park for this to happen. Jesus. We find out that the valley pretty much burned down, but it's thriving now. Ellie and Alan are getting ready to testify about what happened so they can speak out against Biosyn. We hear that Dr. Wu created an emergency way to deal with a locust infestation, and he accredits this discovery to Dr. Charlotte Lockwood as he releases a locust back into the swarm. Biosyn Valley has been declared a global sanctuary by the UN. We get back to the house in the snow and Owen lets Beta out of a small cage and she calls out to Blue. And Blue comes sprinting and is still kind of aggro, but she's okay. They run off and Beta looks back at them before running off and they disappear. But Blue comes back and looks at Owen. Oh yeah, we still got that friendship, huh? And then she runs off. We get a last clip of Charlotte when she was younger saying that life on Earth has existed for hundreds of millions of years and we're only a small part of it. It's humbling. And we get some epic shots of the dinosaurs living with animals on Earth. The pterodactyls are flying with pelicans, the mosasaurus with some whales, and the triceratops with elephants. And we get our last look at dinosaurs on our planet. Dun, dun, dun. And with that, we come to a close for the Jurassic World series. And when I tell you that every time I watch these movies, I get goosebumps. I'm truly blessed to have been able to enjoy these movies and have them made my time as a child and again as a young adult. It, it's honestly just been a gift that we got these movies about dinosaurs because there are a total of seven movies about dinosaurs that I would say make me happy. So thank you so, so much for listening to me and letting me share this part of my life and my love for these movies with you. I do honestly love them so much. And the fact that I have a platform to share them with and you guys want to listen, it just makes me very, very happy. So stay tuned for the next episode, which is the last episode for this season. And it will be the last time we ever discuss Jurassic World, Park, whatever. Thank you guys again so, so much. And you'll hear from me in the next episode of Cheat and Explains. Bye everyone.